Welcome to Down the Slope Podcast with myself, Ewan, and as usual, we are joined by Greg and Harry. Hello. Hey! This week <laughs> we will be reviewing Saturday's Derby defeat at Hamden. Looking forward to Friday's night's game up north, away to Aberdeen, as well as the commanding result for Hibs women's team on Sunday away to Motherwell. So, there's only really one place to start, get it out the road. Um... I think we've all got different views on what happened at the weekend and our views coming out of the game. I think mine's have probably changed slightly as I've sobered up since Saturday. Um, Harry, just talking about the game first before anything else, what what did you make of the performance? So the thing is for me, um, putting it in perspective, I think if we didn't play Hearts, which obviously, if you didn't have, like, you can say that for anything, but I think the main reason there's such a big backlash is that it is hearts. I don't think performance-wise it's the worst we've looked this season. I think that if we'd taken some of the chances we'd created, I think it would have been a very different game. Obviously, Kevin Nisbet had that great chance, which I think that was a world-class save from Craig Gordon myself. I don't think that Nisbet could have done much more with it. The, <laughs> it's, if someone said, it's pretty much what um, Ando said last week, in the last minute of the game, but Hibs got a penalty that was never a penalty and we bottled it and I don't think that Nisbet was wrong Gordon's on fire he's thinking I'll put it in a place that Gordon can't get it yeah. and unfortunately he puts it a bit too high if he puts that a half a foot down it's unbelievable penalty they go up the other end get a penalty that's not a penalty and then they score it that's, that's the difference at the end of the day I think Jack Gross was right when he said it was fine margins I think if you asked most neutral fans that watched the game the better team lost but it's the type of thing. Hearts are a championship team, and in my opinion, I've got a championship squad. We shouldn't be losing that game. It's not acceptable. But I don't think we should let that define our entire season, which quite a lot of Hibs fans on Twitter seem to be doing. Um, Hearts do tend to um, match their seasons based on how they play against Hibs, but I don't think that we should be doing the same. That's just my opinion. Um, I'm going to be told I'm a happy clapper and I'm part of the problem with the club. But that's just my opinion. It is really crap, but I think we should just dust ourselves off, continue with the fact that we've had a great start to the league season and just try and beat Aberdeen. Because if we do, then I think we've had a great start. Yeah, and just sort of, Greg, before before you come in on it, and obviously it is last season's cup as well, so I guess we still do have two cup competitions and the league that we can still compete in this season. Um, it is disappointing, obviously, to lose in the manner that we did. And I think before, again, before I give my opinion on the game and Greg gives his, neither penalty that was given was a penalty and Hibs should have had a penalty at the end of the 90 minutes. And we're not going to sit and blame Willie Colm, saying that Willie Colm isn't the reason that Hibs didn't win that game. Bobby Madden is, because he should have given that penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Madden. We... I didn't think the refs had good games, and I don't even mean this. And I just didn't feel, think there was any consistency across the board. There was a lot of free kicks given, like for nothing, and then like, bigger things not given. And, and not again. Not, I'm not even necessarily saying it was all all against Hibs. I just didn't really see much consistency from the refs at all. And 
quite frankly, I think the Newell penalty gets given because the one at the end of the 90 minutes didn't get given and the Hearts penalty got given because they gave Hibbron. Yeah, I think that's just a chain reaction from the first mistake. And I, I think from now on, if we can probably avoid talking about the refs because we don't want to sound like bitter Huns. So, um, Greg, what, what did you make of Saturday's game? Just performance-wise, um, don't really talk about anything else. We had 16 shots on goal, six on target. For me, that's not good enough. We need to be more clinical. We need bigger performances from certain players. Um, I'm not going to hammer boys too much because I think a lot has already been said. But for me, <laughs> if it goes to extra time, based on the games we've played and the amount of time we've been playing, we should be a lot further than Hearts, and I really didn't see that. I didn't think that was the case. Um, <clears throat> yep, yeah, Newell's one was a penalty. <clears throat> uh, sorry, the the one at the end of the night, it was a penalty. Um, two in extra time were not penalties, but as soon as he gave the Hearts one, I kind of said, look, he was dying to give it. I think he kind of knew that um, the other one wasn't. That's all for Willie Collum and Baldy Madden at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that we we were on top for a while, but we didn't make it count. We don't seem to, to make pressure or possession or anything count when we're on top. And it came down to Hart scored the penalty we didn't, and that's yeah. clinical. Obviously. And, and that, is, that, that is why we lost the game, because they were clinical, we weren't. Yeah. It's fine margins, but at the same time, they, they do it, we don't, so... Yeah, obviously at half time we sort of had different views. Um, we were obviously speaking with with Ando that obviously we had on last week, and I said that, and I think we had the conversation with Harry as well. I said at half time that the first half had sort of eradicated my nerves. I felt like we were decent in the first half, and quite frankly, we should have been two not. up. Um, Nisbet has to score. I'm sorry, like, it was a great save, but Craig Gordon shouldn't have a chance. The same way that Marciano never had a chance with Craig Whitens in the second half. And McGuinness should really do better as well. Like, it's early in the game, he's hit first time, he's hit the target, but it's going down the middle of the goal. If he takes a touch, that opens the full goal up for him. He's balanced. The Hearts players have committed because obviously if he takes that touch, the players still slid in to block it. And I think he scores. And... I think we should have been two 0 up at, at half time, and I think Deutsch had a sort of decent chance as well. Sort of came off his shoulder. I'm not sure if the defender caught anything on that or not, but I thought from then on we were terrible. I did not think we were good at the weekend. Like everything that we said last week and everything that you've already mentioned, Hearts. We should be better than Hearts. If that performance was against Ross County, like at Hamden, it wouldn't be acceptable. If that performance was against Dundee or Inverness, it wouldn't be acceptable. So, like, I, I just don't. I thought we were vet. I didn't see. At, like I said last week, I had a trust in the team to get the job done. I didn't see that at the weekend. I didn't see Hibs this season at the weekend, and we created some chances. But other than Nisbet's penalty and Nisbet's header and the McGinnis chance, did we actually have any other really clear cut chances? Yeah, a couple of maybe sort of three on twos or anything like that but we never cut hearts open we, I, just, I just don't see and again touching on what Greg said 
going into extra time, I didn't see that our fitness kicked in. And the most frustrating thing for me at the weekend was we equalised and where was the pressure after the equaliser? Where was the intent to kick on and kill the game? Like what, what did we really do after we equalised? I think we had... Look, it's the most important thing in that game after going back... As soon as we went behind, I thought, we're done here. But we managed to equalise very quickly. So we should have been going for the kill and sniffing blood at that point and killing the game off ourselves when we have the momentum. And we didn't do it. And I think we'll touch on... Maybe has, has this changed your view on the team? But do, do you think that we, we kill teams off? Do you see that in this team? Or Because... I touched on it with you guys uh, after the game on Saturday. When I was leaving Easter Road from the derby back in March, I said that hearts smelt blood and they, they battered us that night. And at Tencastle in December, I felt like we had a chance to put a few past them. But we came out in the second half and professionally managed the game out. But we had a chance there to score 3-4. Come, you know what I mean? We really could have battered them at, at Christmas time. And again, we didn't do it. And on Saturday, when we went back to 1-1, I felt like the better quality player that we have, the fitness levels that we have, and just the winning mentality that we seem to have got into this season should have kicked in, and I didn't feel like it did. I don't know what you guys make of that. I think one thing um, for certain for me, credit where it's good as much as I don't like him, I think Nielsen changed the game massively where Jack Ross couldn't. I think that the two subs he brought on in Herring and Naismith, I personally think Herring was man of the match. Herring, Herring, not sure. But I thought when he came on, he was brilliant. Just completely disrupted our midfield and we just looked really uncomfortable on the ball ever since he came on. I don't think that the first 15 minutes in the second half, we looked that bad. I think we kind of looked as like foot on the pressure as we did. I think him coming on did change the game a lot. And um, one thing that is an eye-opener for me, I've not really looked at too much because it's not really come into that much of a factor. We don't have any depth. We don't have the game changers on the bench that we do need. I think we made two subs in the end, maybe three, and Hearts made all yeah, of theirs. Yeah, I think, yeah, we made two in 90 minutes and then the the third and extra time and Hearts made three in 90 and then got the extra fourth one because of... Uh, in fact, I, even, I don't know if you were allowed five or not, but they definitely made more than us. But um, I think that just goes to show that's not the strength of Hearts have got, it's just kind of the weakness of Hibs not having that game changer on the bench. It would have been nice to see someone like Gullen get thrown on just to see if he could have done something, mix it no. up a bit. But um, oh, what was your question? <laughs> Sorry. Just, I guess, around killing teams off. And Aye. Um, do we, do we have, like, I think other than... I guess the Levy game for me was a case of the game was already done because we started quickly. Ross County, but for me, if I look at this off the top of my head, Ross County nil nil, they should have been finished. Um, even Kelly last weekend, great a great away win, could have killed it off in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, St Mirren again, like St Mirren, so you got the two goals in quick succession, and the, it's probably the only game where you've been two 0 up at half time. Or you've had a good start, and then in the second half, you've got the very final blow in that game. Like Kelly, first game of the season, two 0 up, back to two one, and then you hold on for the full second half. Like, I just do you see that this Hibs team actually have what it takes? Like, I think I mentioned it maybe a month ago. I felt like 
Hamilton again, like we were what three 0 up against Hamilton, it finishes three two. Like, where is the kill? I felt like we were gearing up to pumping someone, but now I'm not so sure. Like the longer this season goes on, are we just a team that, um, obviously not to the same level? But like Jose Mourinho, the first time he was at Chelsea, they never really when they, when he first came in, they won a lot of games, sort of two 0 one 0 Is that is that Jack Ross's style just to? see games out instead of sort of going for the killer edge. That was his style when he was at Sunderland as well. That ended up being his demise there because instead of getting the wins, the one nils and 2 nils were turned into one alls and 2 alls. So I suppose that is true. But it does go to show the like rigid structure we've got at the back. And I think that if we do get the first goal at the weekend, I do think it's a very different game. I think we do go on to win it. But obviously, if Butts maybe wins, yeah. um, you can say anything at this point. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, I think that uh, the questions that we're, we're obviously asking now are mirror images of him at Sunderland. He was slaughtered at Sunderland for not being able to see out games or maybe game management wasn't there. They were drawn games they shouldn't have. And I, I think we've not we've not really seen a killer instinct. Like you say at Levy, we, the game was over because we'd got the two goals. I think, I think they may, got it back to to 3-1 and then you know we had chances but couldn't finish them so maybe we aren't a team that are going to kill teams off maybe we're just going to be a team that grinds out results like we have been doing most of the season so far which is frustrating because we've got more than enough firepower to kill teams off no problem so do you, that's I, don't know if, I don't know if we've got the mentality for it though maybe it's our mentality that's lacking we, we've got Nisbet, Boyle, Dodge. No, boys at us that can they can score goals, but don't see it at the moment. Look, let, let, let's not get so. Look, I'm holding my hands. I'm big enough to see it on Saturday night. I was like, Jack Ross has to go, and that was very reactionary. And it's not really something that I normally get involved in. I'm normally pretty, I think, level headed, and tend to err on the side of. You know, if you're talking bad about a happy clapper, I'm probably more on the side of happy clapper. But for me, that look, the stats and facts and looking back at games, right, so we've taken more points than anyone else outside the old firm under Jack Ross. So I don't think you can ignore that. And we have got a lot better at beating teams that we should have Saturday aside and the, other, the derby back in March aside. But the results in the big games, he's played Hearts three times at arguably the worst sort of year of Hearts, really. Obviously, they've rebuilt a bit in the summer, but they're still a new team, having played five games, and he's lost two of them. And we've played Aberdeen three times and lost two of them. Albeit we, we did pump them in, uh, in the other one, in the first game against them. And he's played the old firm, which... Is it right or wrong to judge a Hibs manager against the old firm? I don't know. But five games against the old firm and we've taken one point. And then even Motherwell at home, we drew 0-0 this season. And I think we've only played them one other time under them and we beat them comfortably at home. So he's done okay against Motherwell. But Hibs in big games under Jack Ross, is it an issue? And is this Friday, does that make this Friday the perfect game for Hibs to go into? Or the worst game for Hibs to go into? I think this could go either way, right? <clears throat> so, 
if we go out and beat Aberdeen on Friday, folk will be like, why couldn't we beat Hearts at the weekend? If we don't go out and beat them, folk will be like, well, this is the beginning of the end. I think I think folk will start rapidly losing faith. Aberdeen's a, a, a team that we'll be competing against if we want to finish third. <clears throat> what, what, what a benchmark this is for us, to see the character of the squad and see if we can come back from a defeat like that. I think the players personally would have wanted the game straight away, bounce back right away, get back into it, but we need to wait and see what happens. It could go either way, either be perfect for us or it'll be the worst thing ever. And and just and just with the with that sort of big game record record, Greg, does that is that a worry for you, or is it something that you think just in Jack Ross he's not even a year in charge yet? Is it something that's it's maybe just something that's yet to come. I think I think it's frustrating that obviously we've not really made a dent against the so-called bigger teams. But you're, you're, I think we've said it before, you're not going to be judged on games against Celtic and Rangers at the end of the season. You're going to be judged on games against your Motherwell, Aberdeen, you know, these type of teams and, and everyone else in the league because we really should be beating them. So I think it's, we will be more judged on that. However, don't get me wrong, it is a very frustrating stat that we've not managed to really make a dent against against the old firm when, you know, why, why can we not go and compete against them? Yeah. I think obviously right now, uh, Harry, just before you come in, so far this season, obviously, um, ourselves and Aberdeen have played Celtic and Rangers once each, one at home, one away. Uh, sorry, they've played them twice at home, sorry. Uh, they've taken one point from the two games and we've taken one point from the two games. So I guess right now, when we're using Aberdeen as the benchmark, we are there or thereabouts. Harry, in terms of big games, how, how what's your thoughts on that whole sort of conversation? And then on top of that, moving into Friday, is this good, bad, indifferent? So the thing is that I was thinking is the whole win all your wee games, struggling your big games, that's very Derek McInnes at Aberdeen. And then for years, Aberdeen have kind of been the best of the rest. If you take out Celtic Aberdeen with the one the league every year, they were out there. Would you be happy if Hibs and Jack Ross took the Derek McInnes role no. and made Hibs into a, like a powerhouse outside of the old firm? Because for me, all I've wanted my whole life is constant European tours. I've managed to get away twice in my life, one of them by winning the Scottish Cup. And then the other ones before, um, two years ago, it was, what do you call it? I was too young to go away myself. Um, I don't think, I think it's very difficult, especially in a league where Celtic and Rangers are so far ahead. I think it's very harsh to judge them on that. Um, Hearts, Obviously, it's a big game because it's a rival. Um, I think that the more new players you have, the more you struggle in that. I think the reason we've done so well under Stubbsy and Lennon was because we had such a close-knit squad that were used to that kind of atmosphere and used to that kind of tension. Because those matches must be horrifying to play. And obviously, if you're a professional football player, you need the character to play in those kind of games. But it must be absolutely terrifying, eh? Because you know how much pressure there is on you. Hearts have got a squad that's been there for quite a while and stuff. Their headings and Naismith stepped up. Andy Halliday hates Hibs, so he stepped up as well. Um, I don't think it's a problem yet. Obviously, if we lose 3-0 on Friday, then it becomes a problem. But 
if we can stay competitive and look good, then I don't think it's a problem yet for me, no. And I think just one last thing to mention before um, moving on to on to Friday's game. Obviously, at halftime, at the weekend, um, the Lithuanian FA confirmed that Marius Saliukas had sadly passed away. And then obviously it was confirmed on Monday that Kevin Nisbet's dad had passed away in the lead-up to last weekend's game. And I think it's worthwhile just taking a minute to sort of appreciate that as much as maybe Saturday night felt like it was the end of the world, that there is obviously 101 bigger things going on in the world right now. And the fact that Kevin Nisbet even played on Saturday, on Saturday night and stood up and took the penalty. And I guess the fact that he still created the chances, played well, um, shows just the character that he has in him and I think I think it was just right for us to touch on the outside not influences but the things going on sorry outside the game over the last week as well uh, between both clubs and again obviously I think Zalukas was a tremendous player for Hearts and he absolutely despised Hibs and I guess exactly what we sort of touched on last week about having respect for rival players and stuff like that and but outside of that, you wouldn't wish them any harm. And obviously that was horrible news that sort of came through at halftime in the game. And it definitely, uh, I, def- I think it threw probably everyone watching the game and stuff um, at the start of the second half. So obviously just to touch on that. And then moving into Friday's game, um, I don't know if either of you watched the Celtic-Aberdeen game on Sunday, but... We've seen enough of Aberdeen so far this season. Harry, how confident are you that Hibs will bounce back and take three points from this game? If we can take three points, obviously that puts us four points clear of Aberdeen uh, with them having a game in hand, which is at Celtic Park. So it would be a very good buffer to have uh, sitting in third place. In fact, I think a win would even put us uh, into second place um, for uh, until Sunday. Now, that might be wrong, but I, I believe I've seen something about that or it would put us right right there because Celtic obviously don't play till Sunday. Aye. Um, Hibs-Aberdeen games tend to just be absolute bore fests. Um, is, it, it's on, is it on TV on Friday or is it? No, no. Friday? It's a full card on Friday night uh, other than oh, Celtic okay. Rangers because they've got Europa League. It's been moved because of the, they've tried to give the national team as much time in preparation which FYI how the fuck is Kevin Nisbet knowing that squad? But anyway. That's another bit. But um, I know I was going to say the fact that it was if it was on TV it would be even worse than usual because Hibs just can't play entertaining football on TV. But um, I know it's Hibs Aberdeen games. It's not. I think it's going to be really scrappy. I think the first goal, like the first game, I don't think it's going to be a moment of magic. I think it's going to be a moment like a mistake. Someone's going to do something stupid and someone's going to capitalise on it. And I think it'll be a boring. I'd I'd say I'll be confident. I'll say two 0 Hibs is what I'll go for. I think if Niz. I'd hope that Nisbet would play. I completely understand, of course, if he didn't from what you touched on. If he needs that time away, then I hope that the club provide it for him. Um, but if he's there, I think he will bounce back. He's, I think there's a lot of character in that boy. And the fact that he played in a game after what had happened, I think that shows just how much he loves the club because he didn't want to let the club down. I don't think he done. He did let the club down. I think it's just stepping up to take that penalty after everything that happened. What, what a guy. And I think... Friday night, that's his game. He's going to make it his. And Greg? Yeah, I think 
probably the perfect perfect game to bounce back if we can win. Um, as I touched on earlier, if, if you win, you know, you've beaten the, the team that you're really battling for a third with. So massive to, to get the three points. Uh, am I confident? I, I don't really know. Um, before Saturday, I would have been confident, but you know, it might just be because it's Hearts. Um, but I'm hoping that that we can we can pull pull the socks up and <clears throat> and really really go at it and get the three points. But um, I'll sit on the fence and go for a one-one draw. Yeah, I think that we mentioned it before the Kamani game, and we sort of said then that the sort of semi-final would take take care of itself. And we looked at the next four. Um, League games, as I saw it, probably, I know, Harry, you don't want the semi-final to define the season, but I think the next, well, including the Kelly game, this period of four games in the league could well go a long way to defining our season. Um, I think starting that off by taking three points off Kelly puts them a bit in the rearview mirror of us. And then I think as well, if we can go and then beat Aberdeen, that sets us up fantastically well to really push on, I was going to say the second half of the season, but there's still a long, long way to go. But... I think we mentioned that if we can get sort of six or above points from the run of games, which was Kelly away, Aberdeen away, Celtic home and Motherwell away, I think that we would be right on course to finish in third. And so if we can go to Pataudry and win on Friday night, I think it would be massive. And I think it would go a long way. Look, you're, nobody's going to forget losing to Hearts in the semi-final, but I think it would go a long way to ease some some people's worries. It would certainly go a long way to ease in mind. Um, my main issue wasn't losing to Hearts, or it, but losing to Hearts sort of brought everything to life, if that makes sense, in term, and maybe highlighted some issues that weren't there. And sorry to touch on what you said earlier, Harry, about Derek McInnes not really doing much against the old firm, playing really dull football and grinding results out. Aberdeen this season have changed. They've been playing sort of a 3-4-3. Three, three. I think it was being sort of forced upon them because Grove being injured. And they've actually played some really, really good stuff. And I think even against Celtic, they did. Do you think if Cosgrove comes back into the team, I'm not sure if he started at the weekend or not, if he comes back into the team, will they revert to same old Aberdeen? Or do you expect that Aberdeen will continue to play the way that's given them an element of success this season? It's hard to tell. Um, I hope, for Hibs' sake, I hope that they do play the nicer football because I think we work a lot better when we're on the break against teams. The reason that we struggle against Aberdeen so much in times gone by is because they just like to sit deep, kick the ball as hard as they can and kick our players as hard as they can. So if they they play nice football, hopefully we can get our mojo back. But the one thing I will say is, before the Hearts game, if I'd said to you, are you happy with the start to the season? I think both of you would have said yes. I would have said yes. And um, I don't think that one major slip-up, it is a major slip-up against Hearts, should redefine that. But as you say, if we can beat Aberdeen here, it does put a massive stamp on the fact that we are serious this season. And if we do lose, then it sadly might be the bubble popped. Yeah, and I think just to just maybe to sort of clarify a wee bit, it's not that... Look, we have had a very good start to the league season. The fact that we can win on Friday night and go second in the league. Yeah, Celtic have had failings and they will have two games in hand. But we'll be sitting second. Like, there's no... In fact, I was going to say there's no uh, sort of harm in that. That's, that's not something that we've not seen from a Hibs team for a while. And But 
for me, I think what Saturday done was maybe bring to light a couple of issues like squad depth, um, which is interesting. I think Jack Ross knows we've got a small squad. He said that he feels like we've got a small squad full of quality that is quite flexible. But then to not bring on Jamie Gill and Andre Wright and stuff like that at the weekend sort of goes against that. It's like he didn't trust him to come on and maybe Dre Wright wasn't fit or whatever. But I think that the big question, and I think you mentioned it with Derek McInnes as well, it was we asked the early in the season, how long would Hibs fans accept boring football in exchange for results. I think when you get fairly boring football and then a blip comes, that's when a lot of things that are simmering under the surface because but because you've been getting the results, they've maybe not been getting said, I think that, that then it's like putting a stone in and everything boils over and it comes to light. And I think that's definitely probably how I felt at the weekend, which Again, it was a bit over the top, but I think we can go to Pataudry and get a positive result. Other than Saturday, there's not been anything from this Hibs team to suggest that we can't. So I mm. think as well, I'm fairly confident that we're not going to get beat, put it that way. Um, whether we go to Pataudry and win, who knows. Um, I hope that I hope that Kevin Nisbet is in the team. And I think going from sort of what he spoke about and his, sort of his tribute, um, I think I think it seems like he's going to play. Greg, do you have any other thoughts on on this weekend's game? I just would like to touch on Kevin Nisbet, and you know, as you say, from from what he's kind of said in the in the media that that you know he is really keen to play, and I think he'll want to play as well. Um, purely for the fact that maybe he feels like he let the team down, which is absolutely not the case. Um, but maybe he feels like he's got. He's got some making up to do, and and I think he's a he's a hungry young player, and he will want to go out there, and he will want to to prove his point, and and you know, score a couple of goals and, and get us a win. Yeah, and then just sort of, I think you both mentioned it already, but just to recap, what's our score predictions that we're going for this weekend? I will go for two one Hibs. I'll stick two 0 I did say one one, um, but I think I'll go for for two one Hibs. Just can't get enough of me. Just can't get enough of me. Right, okay. I'll go I'll go th- I'll go three one hibs then. Oof. He goes at Pitotri, alright, you're drunk, Jeesh. And on a brighter note this weekend, Hibs women continued their excellent start to the season, six points out of six and six goals away to Motherwell. Um obviously the game wasn't uh, it wasn't on, on, on TV or anything this weekend, so we weren't able to catch it, but from the highlights, it looked like a really convincing win that I think it could have been a lot more. Um, and the team looks to be shaping up really well, considering, uh, I think, like like Dean sort of said, they've been sort of getting written off a wee bit. Um, from sort of the highlights and stuff, uh, guys, what did you make of the, the women's team performance at the weekend? I think they kind of set us a marker. You know, they've got the mother well, 1-6-0. Looks like they played some really nice stuff as well, so... Look, I think Dean did touch on it. He was quite happy for them to get written off. You know, it means that he can he can do his thing and, and the team can do their thing. And certainly done that on, on Sunday. It looked looked very convincing, as you said. Aye, and um, Dean, when we were speaking to him, um, he touched on the fact that he wanted to do it the proper way, wanted to just play nice football. And then he thinks that the results will take care of themselves. And I think that against Spartans, um, they were 
Hibs were leaps and bounds ahead. That game could have been a similar result. That's the type of result I was expecting the one against Motherwell against Spartans as well. But um, yeah, that it's exactly what you wanted because after you win in ladies football, um, it tends to be quite a lot more high um, results yep. like that. Um, so if you're only winning by one or two goals, then you're maybe thinking oh, we're going to have a shady season. So the fact they managed to go away from home and just batter someone, that'll be massive boost for the confidence all round. Um, obviously, our very own sponsored Charlotte Potts got herself two goals. So absolutely <laughs> delighted with that. It was lovely to see. It took them both really well. And um, it's a testament to Dean as well, the fact that obviously you're getting professional and semi-professional teams now, um, whereas Hibs don't, haven't quite pushed the boat out there yet but they're still able to bring in quality like Charlotte Potts and she's able to make that impact to the team because, as we said last week, she did look like she was a class above when she was playing. She just looked excellent on the ball, especially for a defensive player. And to get her up the top and scoring goals, that's just Barry. So, yeah, no, <laughs> definitely, absolutely delighted. Um, couldn't be happier with the start to the season. Yeah, and I think, obviously, you touched on the fact that Dean mentioned that they want to play football. I think, obviously... Again, sort of going back to the Spartans game, but watching the highlights on Hibs TV, the the fullbacks are like, um, kind of how like Liverpool fullbacks are just constantly going forward. Like Amy Muir was causing so much problems. I think she scored. I think she got a couple of assists. She nearly scored. She probably should have scored. She shinned a sorry open goal over the bar, and like the fullbacks are so so high and putting dangerous crosses in. And then when you've got the quality that Hibs still have, Hibs have a lot of good players, and I think. I think Dean hit the nail on the head. The media are focusing, as always, now that Celtic and Rangers have upped their game, they've immediately went to Glasgow and obviously got Glasgow City there as well. So I think Cubs are going to tickle on nicely. And I think hopefully when the sort of first big game comes round, whether that's Hearts, whether that's Celtic, Rangers, Glasgow City, hopefully that they go down and they put their marker down like they did at the weekend and really show, well, no, we're still here. Like Dean said, we alongside Glasgow City have sort of been the trailblazers and sort of ran the show if you like and I think it's going to be a case of just reminding everyone that, that Hibs are still here and are a force to be reckoned with this season and I think now on a positive note is probably a good time to move into high of the week so last week's high of the week uh, the resounding winner was Joe Neal uh, for Greg for his performance at Kilmarnock so. I'm going to hazard a guess and say that the majority of our nominations this week are going to come from the women's team. I will set us off and I will go for Amy Muir um, for reasons already mentioned. She looked like she caused Motherwell all sorts of problems, really driving force, getting up and down, scored a, cu- scored a goal, looked like she got a couple of other assists as well. So I think she looked very, very good. She, and she, she was obviously in the last Scotland squad as well. Um, just last week past there so looks like she's had a really good start to see and I was actually really impressed with her against Spartans as well so um, Amy Muir is my nomination this week I will go for our sponsor um, Charlotte Potts our sponsor <laughs> um, <clears throat> I know Harry will be livid um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the first one she's she's watched the flight of the ball, judged it perfectly. Great header, things you love to see in a centre half. Um, just very composed on the ball as well. The, the composer just oozes, you know, uh, just so good. Uh. But um, yeah, so she's my nomination this week. Um, apologies, Harry. 
That's all right. Hey, can I just say thank goodness we've got a ladies team because imagine we had to try and pick the men's team this week for a blooming high be the week. It would <laughs> not be happening. But speaking of men, I'm actually going to go for a man. Dean Gibson, manager of Hibs ladies. Um, can he get any better than two wins from two at the start of the season? I think that the way he spoke to us, he's very passionate. Um, even if they don't end up meeting the goals, I think they're going to give it their very best shot of doing it this season. I think that um, he knows what he's talking about. He knows the ladies' game, especially here in Scotland. So I think that he's going to have a massive impact for the season ahead. And yeah, it's just nice seeing someone that passionate about the ladies' game because it is, it's finally getting the recognition it deserves. Um, I've grew up watching it quite intensely. It was mainly the, I used to watch my sister quite often, so I didn't watch as much of the ladies' game until more recent years. Went to the World Cup last year and stuff. But it's nice having people that actually know the game and have grew up with the game as well actually getting involved in it now. So my nomination for Highway of the Week is Dean Gibson. Yeah, I think just before we move on as well, I think it's definitely good to mention Dean because obviously he was appointed um, fairly no sort of fanfare or anything like that back in January, February time. And then they got that killer strike down with, with lockdown and stuff. And then, but it's not not to make their stride. Maybe it's helped, you know, coming in and having that sort of proper pre-season. I think you mentioned that, but two league games, two wins, like, what a start for a new manager, you know. And obviously they lost a, a key player uh, in Shannon McGregor in the first game of the season as well. And they've went and kicked on and not really let that affect them too much. So I think Dean Gibson looks like he's doing a great job and long may continue a, a good Hibs man. He's been involved with a women's setup, like you said, come through the academy and then got got the got the big the big job. So very well done to everyone involved in the in the women's team so far this season and hopefully they kick on. And another sort of good news story, um, Harry, I'll let you I'll let you take over from here. Uh, the rest of this is sort of on you, but obviously we've started our November campaign. Uh, we reached out to the other Hibs podcasts, uh, Hibs Talk and Long Bangers, to see if they'd be interested in doing some group November um, project uh, month, obviously. And just if you want to fill the listeners in and sort of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Hi, so um, for those of you that don't know, we are doing November, as you said. Um, it's pretty much just um, us growing moustaches or taking up other tasks that's to raise money for men's mental health or prostate cancer, just other things that um, aren't really talked about much in terms of men's health. Um, I personally have had quite a few battles with mental health across the years and quite a lot of my friends and family have as well. Um, and I kind of half-arsed on November a couple of years back, but... I just got a burst of motivation and I said to Ewan and Greg, just fancy joining in for November? They were like, yeah, no, we'll go for it. And then I contacted um, the other two podcasts, Long Bangers and HFC Talk, and both of them were up for it as well. Um, we've got a few ideas. I'm hoping that when we hit £1,000 for our donation, because we're fast approaching it, I think we're already over 700 which is brilliant. Um, we're going to try and release our uh, group uh, podcast, so the three of us will be on one. I'm hoping by then end of the month we'll have a joint one on each of the three podcast outlets and also we're trying our very best to get a couple of players involved so we can have a few more specials like the Ivan Sparrow one last week went off everybody was loving it so yeah if you can donate um, we will provide the link um, after the podcast has been uploaded um, it'll be there a penny would be amazing with 500 pennies would be even better so yeah if you can donate please do it goes to a really good cause and yeah and also, let us know so far who you think is looking the best with it, their facial hair, because I think we've all shaved off about 30 years as well as shaving off our facial hair. So 
Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not exact. I'm not one for for. That's such a lie. I'm not one for selfies and stuff. And obviously, you messaged at the weekend, like, get your clean shaven pick in. And I was on the golf course, and like, I'm trying to take this picture, and I'm looking at myself <laughs> like, you are so fucking ugly. Like, <laughs> like you need that beard back. <laughs> well, I think you look very handsome. <laughs> you have to say that. But and then. Well, that leaves us with the highlight of the week, I think. Or, or Greg, you got any November comments before we move on? Uh, no, nah, we would just like to say it's, look, it's an excellent cause. I think everyone at some time has been affected by mental health. Um, it's not an easy subject to talk about for some people. And, you know, the door's always open if people do want to talk to us. Um, yeah. But I certainly look proud, proud of us that, that we're supporting it. And, yeah. I must ask you to get the donations in. Hey, yeah, also just to say we are rocking the hashtag GGTTM, which is glory, glory to the moustache. So get involved in that. <laughs> yeah, just to yeah, just to touch on what both you guys have said, and I think um, I'm lucky enough that I don't. I've never. It's never really been something that I've had to personally struggle with, but a lot of very, very close family members have. Um, uh, they've struggled to say the least and I think that it's something that and especially in 2020 as well I think everyone male and female and people that maybe haven't had experiences of mental health in the past I think everyone has been in a fairly dark place this year and I think in a strange way it's been a good thing that's brought a light on it and there's a lot more conversations going on and obviously the clubs Hibs and Hearts have done uh, a lot of good work for that as well so hopefully we can do our bit as well and just like what Greg said um, our DMs are always open if, if anyone ever needs to contact us just contact us on Twitter and one of the three of us or all of us will, will be there as a sort of open book for anyone to come and talk to us about anything because um, sometimes it's easier for people to talk to people that maybe they don't know and can't put a face on it's easier to open up but we are there for Hibs fan or not it does not matter anyone male, female, whoever and to put and Harry I think everyone's favourite time of the week Harry's High Week Quiz Hello everybody and welcome back to Harry's High Week Quiz for those of you that don't know how Harry's High Week Quiz works it's a quiz run by myself Harry that is sometimes related to Hibs sometimes not um, the rules are as follows. I make up the rules as I go along, so please join in and have some fun. I think so far this season, what's the score looking at for you two? 4 2 to Greg? I guess 4 2 to me, aye. I don't think Greg thinks that. I think Greg knows that with the conviction he said there. <laughs> so um, we're just going to get fired straight into it. It's going to be a relatively quick fire one just due to time constraints. So I'm going to do a couple questions on Hamden because we do tend to try and keep it topical to the week that's gone. One thing we didn't touch on earlier, Christian Deutsch nearly scored the greatest goal of all time. Good save from Craig Gordon after, I, I never knew Christian Deutsch could do that kind of acrobatic. That was just unbelievable. But what is the best Hibs goal that never was? So it can be either a goal that was disallowed or it can be a shot that if it went in, it would have been amazing. What is the best Hibs goal that never was? Good job. What did you say, Greg? Yannick Zambernardi, he had a shot from the halfway line against Dundee at home, and I think it, it maybe broke Julian Speroni's hand or his wrists. He tried to save it, and um, I think his hand got caught between the ball and the bar. Um, 
Yeah, that that's probably that's probably my Mate, it's only good. memory of Zamba now because he wasn't very good apart for that. I, I I'm going for uh, Paco Jabby's free kick against I believe against Motherwell on his debut and obviously being dubbed uh, was it Gambi and Roberto Carlos and it's about thirty five yards out the run out was his run up probably started in the fucking Hibs half and he's absolutely sliced it out for a free out for a throw in front front of the stand. You're not telling me that if that hadn't ended up in the back of the net, this roof would have been half he struggled. However, it also was because I think for the only time in like my football watching career, career life, um, there was actual full-on laughter. Like there was an actual like just laugh around Easter Road for like from when that hit. Like everyone was like, on the edge of the seat, ready to see what happened, and everyone was just like, "Of course!" Like, <laughs> like I've got in well, little did. And that was only him getting started at Easter Road. That's two very good ones to be honest. Right, so you've both got a bonus point. So you're both on the board already because I did like the answers. But just on the basis that I did laugh upon hearing it, I'm going to have to give it to Ewan for this round because that could jab me moment. It is the worst free kick I've ever seen in my life. And that is, um, I can't even say, what's his name? Yannick Zambernardi. I him. It sounds like a cracking moment as well, nearly breaking a guy's hand, just trying to save the shot. But Pakujabi, I'm sorry, couldn't be topped there. Well, so just on, to... on 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 Pakujabi, the the suspense leading up to that free kick because everyone knew that he was a Gambian with better colours. So like, this is going in. All right, everyone thought like there was no doubt in anyone's mind that this was going topsy, <laughs> and then literally a throw in, but. Obviously, so we're going to the second question. It's two one to you in here. So obviously, very disappointed at the weekend. Um, a few performances kind of let us down. I'm not going to throw people under the bus just now. We're not up for that kind of thing. But in times gone by, what is the most disappointed you have ever been in a player after a performance? Just an individual player. An individual player. Uh, what have you? You've left the ground and you've just cursed their name. You've wanted to just put a voodoo and curse on them for ruining your day. I'll be honest. I'll be a hundred percent honest here, right? Oh no! I again, like I said earlier, it takes a lot for me to cross the divide into bed wetter. Aberdeen away last season. I never wanted to see Christian Dodge in a hips top again. <laughs> I'd like and. Look how that's turned out, but I tell you what, I think there's maybe 2,000, maybe what, 1,500, 2,000 Hibs fans in the, in the way end that day, and I'd imagine every other one was the same. And I text Greg after the game, uh, was texting like other people that I know that are Hibs fans, and I wish I could find the text messages, but I was not having Christian Dodge, and I never, I, I said I never want to see him in a Hibs top ever again. And obviously, a couple of weeks later, it all changed. It all changed for him, and thank God it did. And I love the guy. And until that point, like I, I, I thought Dodge contributed a lot. I thought his hold-up play was decent. I just thought he was getting unlucky. Even the first game of last season, he played a bit of a role in Scott Allen's goal against St Mirren on the first game of the season. I felt like he'd been unlucky to that point. But Aberdeen away last season just took the fucking biscuit. Like I went. I, I, that was the. And I think that's probably the only time that I felt like that with one individual player after the game. Does it have to be a player? 
to be a manager. Oh, all right, all right, we can mix it up, go for it. Fucking Bobby Williamson, CIS <laughs> Cup final against Livy. The man in his infinite wisdom put Scott Brown at holding midfield where he'd never played before and he got fucking run over. Like, we got beat, I think it was 2-0 that game and the blame is solely at his door. He set the team up horrifically. I don't even think we'd played that way the whole season, but for this one game, he decided that we we're going to play like this. And Scott Brown was now a holding midfield player, despite I'm playing at right midfield slash up front a lot of the season. Like, the mind genuinely boggles. Well, Bobby Williamson obviously just knew something that the rest of Scottish football never knew at that point because Scott. Love him or hate him, Scott Brown's went on to have a pretty good career as a holding midfielder. Yeah, well, just, I know this is just a very quick, I know that we're doing a quick fire question. So I want to see, have Celt, did Celtic in a weird way ruin Scott Brown? Because when yes. he, was, he was still an energetic midfielder, box to box. Yeah, so it was for a while when Celtic as well, but he did kind of naturally progress. Like, well, Regress back up the field, uh, I suppose. Just, just right. an interesting one. I, I think it's ruined him. He was never that type of player. Eh? He was very raw. And Wonder maybe, maybe it'd be fair. Maybe he wasn't good enough at that type of player to be that player for Celtic. So he found a position that meant that he could do it. But outside, final haven't played there before. Lads, lads, lads. Sorry. Why are we tangenting on a quick fire Harry High B quiz? Because because Celtic, you need to what? get because it sound like the mainstream media here. You're just, passionate, Harry, because we care. We care too much, actually. <laughs> All right, but just for the passion, and I wish you could have seen Greg's face as he went on there, but <laughs> Greg had that rant pent up for about 15 years. So <laughs> Greg gets the point for that. Now we're going into the next one, uh, uh, two each. That was, a, that was a good answer from you as well, Ewan, but I think Greg's passion just kind of, Tipped and, for the, the edge, and for the fucking egg that I now have on my face as well. <laughs> <laughs> but we're excluding roller coasters. But I've seen a really funny comment, and someone said, "Being a Hibs fan's like a roller coaster." Then another fan said, "Yeah, a really shit roller coaster." Yep. If Hibs yep. were an amusement park attraction, so if you walk into a carnival or a circus or a theme park, what stall slash ride? Our hips. Right, okay, so a couple, couple here uh, we'd like to say uh, from January onwards, um, as Terry Butcher, Helter Skelter, because we're only fucking going to. <laughs> um, other ones, I don't know. Eh? I mean. Oh, I've got one. I would, I would maybe say like the Coconut Shire, because oh, I no. really are hit or a mess to be honest and that has been blatantly obvious in the 26 years I've been supporting them there is no consistency other than being consistently shy at times but usually it's a hit or a mess I'm going to go for do you know I guess it's more carnival um, and you get the like the tin can stalls and I think everyone says that all, one of them's always nailed in I think so the person getting the free balls that's Hibs for the first three quarters or the first <laughs> half of the season, 
nailing all the cans down, all they go, and then that final one fucking can will not fall, and that is Hibs in a game. If it's under Neil Lennon, that's Hibs away to Tynecastle in the split. If it's under Jack Ross, that's Hibs at Hamden at the weekend. If it's under Hecke, it's anything for split in his first season onwards. Like, <laughs> but, so I'm going to, like, it look, it's looking great. Maybe your first couple of balls, you've almost cleared the full shelf down and then you just can't get that last one away because it must be glued to the fucking board. And sometimes that's how it fucking feels watching Hibs. I could also just say um, PTSD from the 2nd of November last year, Hamden semi-final against Celtic. I don't think... wanted to go and cuddle Tom James and tell him it would be okay because he was getting ripped for arse paper. Me and him, oh, Pierre, I tell you what, half five kickoffs at Hamden, whether I'm there or no, are no good, Mickey. Harry, you me that. I was with Greg and Harry, you seen me before kickoff that day. And you can't even remember I, seeing me before kickoff that. I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think I was nuggets by like half to uh, and I saw like another good three hours before the game. I, it was one of those days you can't. Have you ever been in a situation where you see someone whilst you're drunk and they're so drunk that you sober up? <laughs> Ewan was that drunk. I literally, you wouldn't have thought I'd had an ounce of alcohol in me. Honestly, I was like, oh my goodness, he is away with the fairies. But going back to the question, that is next person at tangents off is getting a smacked arse. Honest to goodness. But um, all right, I'm. You can what? I'm going to be a bitch. I'm going to split it. You've both got a point each. I, I quite like both your answers there. The helter skelter saved the point there for Greg, and um, the Ewan's vivid description did just resonate with me it's very real it does feel like him should be knocking over everything but we just get stuck on the one anyway um so we're moving into question four we're sitting at three each all right so this is a really random one i warned you and greg there'd be a ridiculously random question so would lewis stevenson be able to carry an egg on a spoon without dropping it a full kilometer before stephen mallon could hit the crossbar from the edge of the centre circle, like on, in his own half. Nah, he has unlimited attempts. But a kilometre, and if he if he if he fails and the spoon falls off, the egg falls off the spoon, he has to start again. Nah, uh, I, I think Stevie Mallon hits the crossbar before Stevenson. Oh well, is it one just, ball? just for just for a twist? Uh, he gets ten balls, and if he doesn't hit it in the ten balls, he has to go and collect them all before he can go again. I'm going to say Lewis Stevenson would finish first. I'll tell you why. Right, Mr. Stevenson, for his whole Hibs career, has been very steady. He's been a 7 out of 10 at the very, very least every week. And he's a, he's been in it for the long haul. So if you're telling me that he can easily and steadily have an egg on a spoon for a kilometre, then we'll see you outside. Because... He would 100% have the egg on the spoon over the finish line before Stevie Mallon hits the crossbar. I've seen some of Stevie Mallon's shots, and they are wild at times. So for me, it would have to be Mr. Stevenson. Slow and steady wins the race. I'm going to say Stevie Mallon because and I think Greg's argument is perfect for if he's going up against anyone except Mr. Mallon. He is the oh. best dead ball taker at a club. He nice. has great technique from a set play. 
How many times has he popped the ball top corner? Especially when he first joined the club. A professional football player for me, I know like, oh, you watch soccer, the end back in the day, prof by challenge, nobody hits it high. I reckon if you get any professional football player 10 shots, they're going to hit. And a kilometre's quite a long way, and Lewis Stevenson's getting a bit old, and he's in a moon boot. So, he's not going to be very steady. Oh, no, here, oh. here he comes. He, he's just been, been petty now, ass. You know, because he, he knows he's beaten. He knows he's beaten, so he's re- resorting to being a petulant child. Which, you know... You know what? With a sad I, little I, life, Jane. <laughs> After Greg gave his answer, I thought, oh, no, Ewan's screwed here. He's no bouncing back for that. But Ewan hit back pretty damn well. And you can what? That's that's it's gonna to have to be a point each again, boys. You're you're killing it today. You're both doing excellent. I think you're both doing. I'm, I'm liking this lads. I hope she get beat by hearts more often. Neither make, of, make neither, them better high quizzes. Neither of us are able to kill the other one off though in true Hibs fashion. <laughs> All right, but final question. All right, so I thought Hibs obviously after Saturday can't be a football club anymore. So you guys have got to pick the three players or coaching staff, that matter, to make a rock band trio. So which three players are going to be in it and what positions in the rock band are they going to play with us? You, you can mix it up from this, but I would assume one singer, one guitarist, one drummer. Okay. So Joe Neal, singer, like head, head singer, the hair. Because it's rock, you say they, so look it back. Uh, drum is Alex Gogic, because he looks fucking mad. Um, <laughs> Guitar, we will go for we'll go for Christian Deutsch, maybe because he looks like I reckon Christian. I reckon Christian Deutsch can play the guitar. He looks quite indie, and I know you've said rock, but I reckon Deutsch can play the guitar. So that's my. We've got Joe Neal, Christian Deutsch, and. Uh, Alex Gogic on the drums as Greg is currently scrolling through the Hibs website looking at pictures of the first team. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it has to be first team or like coaching staff and that? Uh, you change the question if you want to change it, bud. Go for it. Here we go. So, singer. Maybe, maybe Boyle. No, he seems like a bit of a, a tit. So I'll say him. Um, guitarist. I don't know. Rock kind of guitar. I don't know. And maybe. I tell you, what, I'll go for drums, right? And I'll say John Potter on drums because that man never like he's a bam, a proper bam, <laughs> and I reckon that he would get a lot with smashing drum sets to bits. So I would say John Potter on drums. Um, guitarist has kind of thrown me a wee bit but I reckon Melka Halberg has got a really strange taste in music and probably quite likes rock music to this rock band where we have Martin Boyle as the lead singer she's a fanny and he will fanny about Melka Halberg on, on guitar because I reckon he probably knows a few riffs you know, he's got that kind of Scandinavian rock look about him, I think. And uh, John Potter on drums because he's an absolute nutter. 
Well, lads, I, I have to say, I've got, I've got a winner, but I have to say, I think this has been your strongest answers in a Harry Hypey quiz so far. I think you've both done very well. Um, well in the final round, um, Ewan, I did not like your choice of Christian Deutsch. I, I don't think he made, would make a very good rock guitarist. As you say, I think indie, a bit, maybe a bit classical on guitar, I think maybe Deutsch. Greg, I think that Boyle is a rock singer. is just a terrible option. I'm sorry to say, I, I liked your Potter and I liked your Halberg, but I think Boyle singing in a rock band just doesn't make sense. And as soon as Ewan took Gogic on drums, I just thought about Gogic smacking all the drums and that with bald heat. I just thought that was hilarious. So I'm afraid to say, Greg, that Ewan is this week's Harry High B quiz winner. So it takes the score and the deficit is now won. Ewan, how do you feel? All because he said Gogic. Uh, <laughs> Nah, Greg, it was it was mainly just I don't think Boyle's a rock singer. That, that was I've tried to go for something different, right? Mix it up a bit, and there you go, you're punished for it. <laughs> no, you, you ridiculous. Boyle, you put Boyle somewhere he didn't fit. You, you just put Doidge on guitar. Doidge is <laughs> but there you go lads that's another Harry Hybe quiz we're sitting at Ewan 3 Greg 4 Greg's still ahead in the season Ewan do you think you can make the comeback? Oh 100% 100% I'm, I'm coming back like Hibs in the Scottish Cup final Liam Henderson's just whipped in corner number 1 and corner number 2 is I've fucked it up because corner number 1 would be equalising but it is what it is. Clearly doesn't know how the, the best game of our lives panned out, so that's <laughs> a good start. Anyway, lads, thanks for joining us again. Um, obviously, Hibs are back on Friday night away to Aberdeen. We will be back next Tuesday. Uh, I think we'll be recording on Monday night next week, most likely. So thanks again for listening and thanks for joining us. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you.